Hi guys and welcome to the Legal Point of View podcast. This podcast is aimed to break down the law into bite-sized amount, engage people from non-law and law backgrounds in understanding the law and the British legal system, as well as improve their legal literacy. The information we provide here is food for thought. Um, if you do need legal advice, please do seek it from professionals. Episode that we are, um, what was that? Hold on, let me just continue. You don't have to edit it, it's fine. So <laughs> <Episode> today, uh, <laughs> um, it looks at the age of consent. And the topic of consent may be sensitive, so please feel box of this episode before we start, where we provide a description of the topics covered, um, as well as any helplines and charities. So consent means basically giving your permission freely to something and this is the basic definition and we're going to go into depth in like the legal definition but the decision is made without being pressured or bullied or given alcohol or drugs or manipulation. Changes that occurred throughout the Victorian era have have affected contemporary society and the laws that exist today. The age of consent was changed for the first time in 1875 in which offences against the Person Act raised the age of consent to 13 in both Great Britain and Ireland. It was in 1885, however, that the most significant change took place in the wake of the newspaper expose of the so-called white slave trade of young girls. This led to the enactment of the Criminal Law Amendment Act of 1885, which raised the age of consent to 16. Sexual consent laws are focused on protection and protecting vulnerable groups from a specific type of offender for instance child sick i can't even speak for instance child sexual abuse is a term developed in the late 20th century associated with different types of abuse such as paedophilia incest etc which at the time victorians didn't understand and now we have new type of sexual offenses that have developed during early 2000s and have been recognized as other types of abuse such as abuse of position of trust for example, teachers or sexual grooming, etc. Um, so what do you think about the historical role on the age of consent and why the age of consent was implemented? Um, I mean, at first I thought it was a bit crazy that we didn't always have an age of consent. Yeah. And it wasn't always at least like 18. But then... It's all contextual. Like if you look back at, at the Victorian times and even periods before then, having an age of consent wasn't a thing. You just went with, um, like I guess biological maturity. Yeah. For both boys and girls. So I get why there wasn't the actual word can like age of consent. Yeah. If, I don't know if that makes sense. No, because, you know, uh, like you mentioned before about the newspaper that exposed, yeah. the reason why the age of consent was uh, raised to 16 was because there was, uh, there was, it was basically, it's partially created because the, they wanted to protect young girls from older men. That's the reason why the age of consent was actually raised. raised. Um, no one really thought about... Uh, like women abusing young girls or men abusing young boys, the the main reason why it was actually raised was to protect a young to protect younger girls. Yeah, and, and I think that's just really interesting because, like now when we see consent, we look at uh, younger boys as well, mm-hmm. and we look at um, older women, um, 
you know like like i mentioned before like there's different types of um different types of uh abuse being recognized like abuse of positional trust yeah and like sexual grooming so do you think age of consent is necessary then no definitely i think because some people will say age of consent is like a social construct the thing is i don't that question is a bit um what's because because if you see it like stages like childhood it's seen yeah. as a social construct. It was it never existed. Like it's seen as a Western, um, a Western. Uh, what's the term? Yeah, like a something that developed think, in. Yeah, I don't think it's um, maybe the names that we ascribe to each um, stage of personhood is a social construct because you've come up with a name for, like you've come up with the name toddler, you've come up with the name adolescent or whatever. Yeah. But those ages always existed, and like the things you attribute with each stage has always existed. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So I don't know that the social construct question confuses me a little bit because I, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me if I'm honest. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but at the same time, I do understand why people would like see childhood, teenagehood. I would see, I, I see teenagehood more as a social construct compared to childhood or adulthood just because I think the idea of teenagehood has been like um really westernized like we see teenagehood as like a really um we see it through movies we understand it through movies I don't know if that even made sense does that make sense yeah no I wanted to ask what does that mean though because like my understanding of social construct is something that's made up like something that society has come together and said okay this is what we're giving this name to you so I don't get how the age of consent could be a social construct, if that makes sense, because yeah. it would always make it always makes sense in my head that someone has to give their permission for something like to participate in something or to have something done onto them. But the and thing, I yeah, don't think that that um, is something contentious. Like I don't think age of consent is something that we've suddenly made up because. It's always existed. It's always existed. It's just That's... existed on a different time scale. It's always been linked to, um, like, even in biblical times, it was linked to biological maturity. That's really interesting that you say that because um, when it comes to marriage, um, yeah. back in the days, um, age of consent, like, consent just didn't matter with women. So there was, like, no age of consent. Like, if you got married at 13, you consented to everything. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's just really interesting that you said that because I know like regardless of age if you got married that that you had no um women just had no yeah yeah choice choice yeah to like I think we covered in a different episode where like marriage rape was only yeah um, made illegal in like the 90s yeah that's an example yeah and it just like regardless of your age you just consented if you were married which is interesting yeah yeah um so do you think um we look at boys and girls that have sex at the age of 16 in the same way or different way do you think there's gender differences then definitely because um i think no matter what age you are boys and girls like the attitude towards sex from a male perspective and from a female perspective by society is completely different like if you're looking from the male side they were always cheered on whatever age they are like it's yeah. always like, oh, well done. Or like, oh my God. Like, yeah. 
it's think, like an achievement it's like a it's like a like something on their belt like I don't know if that makes sense like it's yeah. something that they can pride themselves on yeah but with girls it's a lot more shameful it's like oh my god you're that young and you've done this or like I remember in high school not even high school we were like from it was in year six when I learned the word slut and it was like these girls that wore skirts that were shorter than everyone else and all the boys would just call them sluts because their shorts were a bit their skirts were a bit short yeah so I think even from young like girls have like yeah like it's just seen negatively it's just seen negatively and they're also sexualized at a much younger age I think yeah I think I agree with you I agree with everything you're saying I think it's because like we said before the age of consent the main reason age of consent was well partially created was to was because they wanted to protect younger girls from older men and I think sex is seen from such a male perspective like it's always come from the perspective of a man I think we've never recognized like because um, sex is seen from such a male perspective I think we don't yeah we don't recognize that women can harm women young girls as well and because historically it's just seen as that um and the whole idea of sex being about penetration um that is i think that it comes in all forms like yeah literature and films like it's all films through the i think there's like in english you learn about gays and all that stuff yeah exactly and i think still true till today yeah and i think that there's like a less moral panic with um, I think it's changing now, but I just feel like before there was less moral panic on like lesbian relationships and that compared to gay relationships, at least. If a man was um, abusing a young boy, that was seen as a big thing. And if a man was abusing a young girl, that was seen as a big thing. But if an older woman was abusing a young boy or girl, no one really... It's a bit more taboo, yeah. Yeah, no one really recognised it. They'd I would shame say. the boy. Yeah, yeah, they would and shame the would, boy. he would feel like it's his... Even though... I know all victims have said that they feel like it's their fault, but I've I've heard that more with um, young boys who are victims with um, older ladies who have abused them. Yeah, because they because they get blamed, right? Like mm-hmm. you, like exactly. You just like seen. We just assume that women are always like the protectors. You just assume that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just find that really interesting of the differences between how we see guys and girls um in terms of sex Mm -hmm. and and I think it's interesting because I was reading something about Romeo and Juliet and that Juliet was actually 13 and Romeo yeah yeah, and Romeo was like way late in his teens and like in Italy apparently they have this um age of consent where the age of consent there is 14 but they have exceptions so you can go up to three similar age or you can go up to three years so a fourteen year old can be with a seventeen year old. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I found yeah, that's really That's crazy. Yeah. I know, right? Um, that's like a six form of going out with like a year nine. Yeah, I think people don't realise like I said, like teenagehood that's just come in. Um that 15, 14, 15, 16, 17 are all completely different stages of stages, life. Yeah. It's not like it's not back in the day, group. yeah. Yeah where you know you would just go to work after 16 and you didn't have education up until I'm 18 now it's kind of different where if you're 14 that's a a completely different stage of life than 17 or 18 Mm -hmm. uh yeah sorry what about what do you think like well this discussion on like the age of concern we're mainly talking about um 
what's it called same sex relationship um sorry heterosexual relationships what about um age of consent in homosexual relationships yeah i think that do you think that they should have the same age of consent as heterosexual relationships or yeah. do you think that there should be a difference no i think they should have the same age because i know in some parts of the world they don't like mm-hmm. some parts of europe um, the age of consent for homosexual relationships is higher. In the UK, it was like that previously, I think, and now it's changed. Um, but I do think it's, it should be the same. Like, I don't under like, why wouldn't it be? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't it? I think the argument people um, present is that, like, you, at what age do you know that one, you are gay? And yeah. are you old enough to make, to have that realisation? And then are you then old enough to um, consent to a homosexual relationship. But I think that's the same with heterosexual does that, relationships. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think that's the same with heterosexual relationships. And plus, it I don't. Is, yeah. I feel like when you're 16, you, you can learn how to drive and you're allowed to do all these things, but yeah. you can't, like, they're like, oh, you can't consent um, yeah. to having sex. I, think, like, I mean that in context, like someone who's the same age as you, not like someone no, who's no, 17. I, you, I, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like someone who's actually the same age as you, like you're both yeah. 16. Like, it doesn't make sense that you can drive and do all of those things, but you can't, like, consent mm-hmm. to that. Like, I think it's from like a law the... perspective, it just seems a bit, like, unfair. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely unfair. And I think it's it's probably because, like, how I mentioned earlier, they've put the emphasis on real on when does one realize that they are gay but no one ever mentions when it comes to heterosexual relationships when did you realize you were straight and then could have and could have consent to heterosexual relationships yeah so I, I don't I don't get why you would say you need to be old enough to know that you are gay when there isn't a requirement I think to be it comes, old enough to know that you are straight, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it just comes with a taboo with it. Like, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, yeah. I think it just links back to how society isn't as accepting of homosexuality yeah. and how deep-rooted that is. I- so um, just moving on, the Sexual Offences Act 2003 sets out offences required for the prosecution to prove absence of consent. So the acts are rape, assault by penetration, sexual assault, and causing a person to engage in any sexual activity. And in relation to the offences, in, in relation to those offences, person A is found guilty of an offence if he or she acts intentionally, if B does not consent to the act, and if A does not reasonably believe that B consents. The acts of assault by penetration, rape, sexual assault and causing a person to engage in sexual activity, whether they are a man or a woman, excluding rape, um, would be guilty of the above offences if Adam or Bushra acts intentionally, if I, Hanadi, did not consent to the act, or if Bushra or Adam didn't reasonably believe that I, Hanadi, consented. Hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Consent is defined by Section 74 of the Sexual Offences Act 2003. Like Hanadi mentioned before, if he or she agrees by choice and has the freedom and capacity to make that choice. So the two parts to really look out here is um, freedom and capacity to make that choice. So whether the person had the capacity, so for example, they were the age of consent to make the choice about whether or not he or she wanted to take part in the sexual activity 
and be about the choice being freely made um so he or she wasn't under any influence they weren't under drugs etc etc so the choice was actually made freely Mm. um so yeah the capacity of the capacity to consent is complex because particularly particularly surrounding intoxicated issues by alcohol or drugs yeah so for example in r versus brie 2007 the courts of appeals stated that if uh through a drink or any other reason that a person has temporarily lost their capacity to choose whether to have sexual intercourse um then they automatically assume that she was not consenting and subject to the offender state of mind um that if intercourse took place that would be rape however if an individual was warrant- had voluntarily consumed alcohol and remained capable of choosing whether to have in- intercourse and agree to do so, that would not be rape. So consent, therefore, depends on the facts of the case. Yeah, so... Does that make sense, or should I use names? Yeah, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. if, like, a, if person A was drunk, drunk and... Yeah. So and, for like yeah. so for example like um if if me Hanadi I was out I was partying whatever and I and I got drunk unknowingly or like I've I've got drunk and I've lost my, my total capacity to make choices for myself and then slept with with Adam I would not be consenting because I did not have any capacity to consent to any relationship with Adam but you have to look at whether then there's the other scenario where if I've chosen to drink alcohol or any other drug that would cause me to be intoxicated, but I'm still able to choose and make decisions and not and make decisions and 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 all that type of stuff, I'm still of sound mind. Then it wouldn't be right. It would just depend on how um, the defense and prosecutor could argue in that given case. I think it just depends on how much you consume. Like, if you are one of those people who drink a bit and you get drunk, then you know that you're not, whatever you're doing, you're not um, consenting. Whereas if you're that person who can drink a bit and you can still make rational choices, then by that you will know, you'll be able to consent or not consent to whatever you want to do. Do you think it's, like, the other person's responsibility as well? I don't know, it's a difficult one. This one is actually, like, intoxication. Yeah, it's really different. It's really difficult because of it being case by case. Because some people, they completely lose it and they don't know and stuff happens. And there's some people who can drink it and still make rational choices and they would still sleep. Because there must be loads of people who take drugs and have sex with people. Like, I'm pretty sure that happens. Yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah, like, and and it's consensual. So so it's just... I think it's more tricky when... You, you, you've, you've had something that's intoxicated you and you are you still have sound mind like you do have you are still capable but at what point do you go to becoming incapable yeah like say 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 i i am still able to choose but the other person is like okay cool you you can choose and you said yes and then afterwards at a later date i who was st- drunk but still c- capable to like make decisions says actually I didn't want to do that now looking back how but does I think that work? Cons- but I think consent is at the time though it's at the time if you consented at the time and you said yeah. yes you can't like go back and be like oh no but I didn't know at the time yeah. it just that's why it's quite tricky I mean you- like if at the time you thought you were capable and then looking back you were like actually I was more drunk than I thought I was does that make sense 
Yeah. I think that's just hard. I think it depends on the other person as well. There is a reasonable belief in consent and it's a test which has a subjective element to it and an objective element and it determines whether consent was there or not. And under Section 75 of the 2003 Act, it imposes the evidential burden on the offender to raise an issue about whether the victim consented and whether or not he or she reasonably believed that the victim consented. Yeah, I think that goes back to what we were just discussing. So it's, yeah. Bush was basically saying that it isn't on the victim to say, I, I consented or I didn't consent. It's up to the offender to prove that she did or, or did not consent. Yeah, well, because there they are would be proving that she yeah. did, but yeah, because there are loads of cases where um, the offender actually thought consenting, yeah. and that person said no, I wasn't. And there's actually there's loads of cases where that miscommunication happens. Yeah, like, especially obviously, with silence. Especially yeah, the woman or just the other person doesn't say anything. Often people take that as consenting. The silence is not. Yeah, not consent. But there are, like, I was reading, there are cases where people actually genuinely believe that the person was consenting and they weren't. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why education is important to, like, teach people. Like, you you just should ask, in my permission. I know people hate it when people ask, like, oh, can I kiss you or whatever. I get it can be awkward and I get, like... But I think it's safe. It's awkward and it's, like, it's not, like, ideal, but I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah exactly and asking isn't that bad though like if someone asks asks like can I touch you or whatever that you that shows you more of the person that they are their character than like them them just like touching you and you never wanted that to happen in the first place no definitely that's true um so section 76 provides two conclusive presumptions that the complainant complainant did not consent to the activity and the offender did not believe that the person consented so, for example, in R versus Tabassum in 2002, the offender conducted breast examinations for his own sexual gratification on the pretense that he was collecting data for a cancer screening program. Um, however, it was found that no genuine consent was given because the complainants had only consented to an act of medical nature and not for any other reason. Yeah, so this is an example where you can tell that consent wasn't given at all. Yeah. Because she went in thinking that she was getting a breast examination when actually he was just doing it for seeking his... Seeking it for pleasure, yeah. Yeah, seeking it for pleasure. Um, and then you have conditional consent, which I find really interesting because under Section 74, um, it is... Under Section 74, it's where you give consent and it's based upon a condition. So, for example, person A would only consent to sexual intercourse if he uses a condom. And say if he doesn't do that, then that would be classified as not consenting. The yeah. same for women, if they pretend to be on birth control before having sex, that could be classified as not consenting. But then again, like this is a very grey area and it's dependent case by case. So there was a case with a British man called Jason Lawrence and he's a serial rapist. Uh, I, I dropped that like so lightly. <laughs> 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 um, so the woman had, um, she had willingly, she willingly had unprotected sex with him, and he said he had a vasectomy. Um, but later on, it died. I, I started laughing at the way he texted her. Apparently, he texted her saying, "Sorry, I'm fertile." XX, oh and God. she pressed charges, saying that she got raped because the 
because she didn't consent to that. Yeah, so it's, it was conditional consent. Like you're only having consent based on a condition, mm-hmm. um, which I find interesting because, yeah, it's just an interesting thing. Because say you lie and say you're on birth control, and then the guy yeah. has sex with you, and then you're like, oh, haha, I didn't have birth but control. How far does the lie have to go? Because I say that because there's like loads of circumstances where guys would say anything to impress you, and then if you go along with any sexual activity based on the lies that they have told you, is that then consent upon condition? And I give the example of um, if a guy, if you meet a guy and he's like, oh, I'm an investment banker and I make a million figures or whatever, I make a million pounds a year or whatever, and you go along with that because you think, oh my God, this guy's rich, whatever, is that a condition? Or like, how how deep does the lie have to be? Does that yeah. make sense? Like, I think that's, yeah, it's interesting because there's so many other lies. Like, you might not have consent with someone who's a married man and he tells yeah. you he's single. Does that mean that's not consent? Does that mean you were raped? Yeah. Um, does that negate the idea of consent? Yeah. Um, and there's, like, so many examples. Like, one that comes to my mind is um, in sociology, we learn about this undercover police. He was an mm-hmm. undercover police officer and he joined He joined this um, environmentalist group and he uh, got married, he had kids there. He was an undercover cop, he was just um, investigating them. And then when he left, um, the women said, oh, like he, they got raped because he lied about his identity completely. Um, yeah. And even about it's age, crazy. like age, like would you, if you knew that someone was a certain age, you wouldn't sleep with them. Does yeah, that mean exactly. that you got yeah. like raped in that case as well? Like, yeah. I think... I think it's I really complex. How, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really grey area. But I understand the like um, for sex for me and the birth control because you sleep with a man and you're like, oh, he's he says, oh, he has a sex to me. You're like, okay, cool. That's the reason why I'm sleeping with you. Had I known that you didn't have it, I wouldn't have slept with you. Yeah. And then you have a Imagine baby. She's against abortion, so she. Has I know. I think she got out, pregnant. Like... I think she got pregnant yeah. and she aborted Imagine it. Imagine she gets pregnant and then say if that person didn't believe in abortion or whatever now they have a baby that they didn't plan for or anything like yeah i think in the case questions are crazy yeah. i think in the case she actually did get pregnant in the case i was talking about in the case, case it's yeah Lawrence one, yeah. yeah um i think she i don't know if she aborted it or not but yeah sorry yeah so sorry you also have cases where people lie about having had an sti test and there has been there have been several men convicted of infecting their partners with hiv um, such as Daryl Rowe or Antonio Rees Minana, Minana, Min, Minana. I, I think it's Minana, yeah. Um, but we see here also that consent isn't given, as there has been no disclosure of the disease. Yeah, I find that interesting as well. Mm-hmm. I think you should, everyone should get tested, first of all, Definitely. if you're sexually active. Definitely, And yeah. that's not fair because you having hiv and then infecting someone else that is that is actually yeah because they can beyond unfair yeah like sexual activity with you but they didn't consent to getting the disease some things that have come up more and more is lying about your gender and whether that negates consent Mm -hmm. so there have been several prosecutions where women have impersonated men in order to have sexual encounters with other women or where trans men have not disclosed their assigned gender to female partners notable cases are gail newland and Justine McNally and in the case of Justine 
Um, she presented to be a teenage boy throughout the whole relationship with teenage girls. And the Court of Appeal determined that deception as to gender can negate consent. Um, this is really That's interesting crazy. because it was on the BBC that a couple of months ago of, about another girl uh, who also did the same. And I think that I think this is really sad because for a lot of teenage girls, especially if this is their first sexual experience, um, they don't know anything better. Yeah. But yeah, I found that insane. Like I was really shocked. I had never heard of these cases. I heard of the one that just came on um, the news like a couple of months ago. Yeah. But I had I didn't know that this was a common thing that a lot of women have done this before. Yeah. And have I didn't deceived. Know you could lie about your gender. Like I didn't. I don't know. I think because of now, because of gender reassignment and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I get that, if yeah. you're like transgender and you didn't disclose that you are transgender and what your previous gender is or was, whatever. I yeah. get how that could work. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of like this extent. Yeah, the same. cases you've mentioned. Cases yeah. like these have also raised questions about the rights of people with gender dysphoria and whether or not transgender people should have to disclose their assigned sex to partners. Yeah, kind of like what we were just, just saying. Just discussing, yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Do you think is... that they should have to disclose it? Um, Sorry, that's like a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. I I can see why, why they wouldn't and why they should. Yeah. Why they should it's be very because, hard. Yeah. Like, I understand that they felt, like, a lot of trans people feel like they're in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. And for them, them changing, whether they become a trans a trans man or trans woman, that's the right body. And then that is not part of them anymore, that past. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I understand, like, if it was me, I would want to know. Like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't like to be deceived. I don't even want to use the yeah. word deceived, but... The thing is, yeah, I get, I get what you mean when you say the word deceived. Yeah. But it's like if we use language like deceived, then that means that we don't fully accept transgender people because yeah. somehow we think it's not their real state of being, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I, I get what you mean when you say the word deceived. Like, it's not like you think that they're lying to you, but it's like something you think you should have been told anyway. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's I... hard. You have to balance that person's privacy, i.e. that transgender person's privacy and like right to life and all that stuff. Yeah, but you also have to balance that with the person's um, ability to give consent. Would they have consented had they known your real, not real gender, but your like biologically assigned gender? Yeah, I think it's a really hard line because it's a very, it's really complex. Because I was watching Nikki tutorials when she came out, Mm -hmm. and she said she had been trans, and how she was talking about how it was hard for her to tell people as well. Like her, like she's getting married now, and she had to tell her um, future husband. Like she goes, she said in her video, she goes, "I know it's not a part. You don't want to remember that part of you, but you should tell um, your partner. Yeah. Your partner, because I, I, I get where she's coming from. Like I guess, like from. So did she tell him like when he proposed, or when? I think I think she told him like. Yeah, during the early stages of the relationship. Early stages, okay. Yeah. She was just like, in the beginning she didn't, and afterwards she told him that she was trans. Um, And he and he accepted her, like, they're getting married soon. Yeah. And he helped her upload the video. But, like, her saying, she was like, like, I, I got where she was coming from. She goes, she was saying that even even though you hate, you hate that part of you, 
or you don't want to remember it, you need to tell um, your partner because if they really loved you, they would stay with you. Um, and the idea of consent, like you said, like had the person have known, would they have consented, et cetera, et cetera. It's really, really tricky and really, really blurry. And I think with yeah. law, it's very hard to like um, get the correct answer, I guess, because yeah. law is just, yeah, it's too, it's, it, it's too gray. Yeah. It's too gray, but also I think it lags behind. Like it's, it's law, I guess in, in this aspect, at least is very late to respond in in the issue of consent and like the developments of society in relation to gender and the yeah. spectrum of gender that exists and yeah it's such a like a a huge spectrum that law is just so behind on it like you said yeah, and I, you think... Know what it is? I think the law in its nature is very like it operates in a very like pigeonhole system like you have to either be one or the other like it has to either be this or that yeah whereas like just life in general doesn't work in in fixed boxes that you check, especially when it comes to relationships gender. and gender and, yeah. and all that and all that. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so like we were talking about, um I'm just looking through the questions. We've kind yeah. of covered most of them. Everything, yeah. Um but do you think um why do you think the issue of consent at universities is so difficult to understand. I think this is one thing I wanted to like flag up because yeah. consent, it's like in school, we all understand what, con- well, we have some idea of what consent is, but no, like no one, like there are some cases or whatever, but no one actually does anything to you in school. Does that make sense? What do you um, mean? Like when I went to school, cause you went to all girls school, right? Yeah. Um, when I went to school, I went to a mixed school. I think the idea of having the age of consent 16 was like a protection for us with that if a guy in our year did something we could always rely on that yeah and then when you go to university for some reason so like consent you know even though you don't really know what it is completely at school you know that if someone's touching you you don't feel comfortable with it yeah and you can go and you can go to a teacher and then when you go to university like it just goes out the window I don't know what happens I think it's like it's a complete change of environment because when you're in school it's like like I said like you're the teachers right so you feel you have the teachers but it's like the the feel or like the experience of at least for me even being in an all-girls school in high school and sixth form the feel compared to how I felt when I got to university and the experience I had was completely different um and I think it's purely down to the environment and the freedoms that you get once you are at university. Because even though sexual assault does happen in high school and sixth form, the, the um, I don't want to say severity or the rate of it, but the opportunity for it to happen is much greater at university. And yeah. it's because of this, I think, a contributing factor is the issue of consent. And I think the issue of consent is an issue at university because of um like this lad culture this whole like um free flowing like it's uni we can do what we want or like this whole thing that guys have and i I don't want to just say put it all on guys but i'm only speaking from that perspective as a woman as that like a heterosexual woman yeah that guys have that it's like oh i can get anyone i want or like or like because they got rejected at school they got rejected at school like you literally grew up (laughs) as like 
that, that weirdo kid and now you're at uni you think you've had a glow up and you can go seek whoever you want it doesn't work like that if someone says no it's no that's it yeah but I it's crazy yeah people don't ex- because guys think no is like it's, it's like a challenge it's like you've said no now but like I can get you to say yes and if you don't I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want anyways yeah like the compul- yeah like the compulsory consent classes only started in 2014 so that's yeah. six years ago that was two years ago before we started university we started uni, which yeah. is like insane to think about because not all unis by 2016 I think was when all every single university had adapted to it because mm-hmm. 2014 was when it was starting out and it's weird because we just grew up with that being normal but like people before us obviously they didn't have these consent workshops or that emphasis of consent in universities yeah um, but the thing is I found that weird even having a consent class because I was always taught no is no and if I say no to something that's it like it's full stop no I it was the same as me needed, yeah I didn't know that we needed to tell people that if someone says no that but actually I think, means no and it doesn't mean yeah. try again no but I think does that again, make sense yeah but I think again it's gendered like I think it every girl knows that compared to well I don't want to say every girl actually most girls kind of know that because I think it's the threat that like if we get if girls get um like like it's just a threat in universe this is from this is from my perspective a woman's perspective yeah, from yeah. Your own experience, like yeah. if I was to get raped for instance like that is like my life over like I could get pregnant I, like all these kind of issues so like we're told oh be careful no means no this 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 yeah, consent is yeah. this Whereas, like, guys, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen to guys. Obviously, like, there are loads of guys. Um, no, I get you. I but, like, in university, you. I think from what I've seen when it comes to guys, there's less of that. Like, it, they they get, they have much more privilege and freedom to do whatever they want yeah. in regards to sex. Yeah. And, like, the, like, the whole scandal with University of Warwick um and that group chat i don't know if you know about that i didn't hear about that no oh my god this is happening i think we were in university like this whole scandal of um these students in university of warwick and they had a group chat where they would talk about girls and how they would rape certain girls and like oh my god no i didn't know about that yeah and then it got exposed and all of them got kicked out good um but it just shows like the severity of it like it's it's so downplayed i think because i commute to university so for me I know I'm coming I'm not saying girls who commute don't experience anything but for me I know I'm going home kind of thing and when I when I was listening to other podcasts um about girls who have experienced rape at universities a lot of them like it's from it's from a lot of them were living in then Mm -hmm. staying out a lot of them were living in and it was guys who were like oh coming to their apartments or um you know like they didn't they didn't understand what no meant like yeah like and I think a lot of the time the onus is put on women to say yourself or to not wear that skirt or to not go out at that time yeah whereas we should be telling men just don't rape people like don't don't assault people like that's it well not even don't tell men but from just speaking generally the onus is heavily put on women to protect themselves and it's crazy the yeah. root of the issue which is like the actual attacker i was just thinking about this um when we were at a consent workshop uh in university majority majority of the people who were in the consent workshop were women again 
there was like two guys really yeah that just highlights another issue like yeah. they they just don't turn up and they get that freeway pass uh, like a lot of the time yeah with not turning up not understanding it like just not listening and university of warwick is like one of the key examples of where that happens i know it happens in all other universities but yeah. um i remember i was listening to um this podcast on bbc and these girls were talking about university and um you know rape and stuff that's happened to them and all everything they've gone through and one of them was like it really broke my heart I couldn't even listen to all of it but Mm -hmm. she was like she decided not to in the beginning she decided not to um tell the school tell the university because she didn't want to ruin his experience of university ruin his experience yeah I I was like crazy she was just like and then she goes after like years like after like it had been like two three years like when she looks back she realizes how like damaged she was for her to even say I don't want to ruin or how like from a young age you know how the the blame has always been put on the victim yeah. that she didn't even want to ruin his experience yeah. and the it had been to protect yeah even the as a woman. yeah yeah I think it's interesting how in school which is why I think age of consent is necessary another reason why it's necessary um in school we we kind of fall back to the age of consent. Like if something happens to us at if something happens to us at fourteen, we know we can go to school teachers, even whether or not you do do that, but you still have that kind Security, of support. Yeah. Um, and then whereas later on, when you get to university, there's it's a lot just of independent, and there's no real like. Yeah, and you're trying to body, figure yourself like, out. Person that you know you can go to, like I don't actually and even know. If it, even like, if there I mean, is, us, yeah. I don't even know who it is that you go to. Like, other than, I like, think, well-being, maybe. Yeah, but I think even if you do know, there's just not that... It's just that, like, 18 adulthood kind of um, stage of your life that yeah. kind of makes you feel, oh, like, like you may not want to go to someone. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I think naturally, like, victims do have that thing where they... Like, that phase or maybe that stage where they blame themselves. When yeah. you think, oh, why should I go to anyone? It was my fault, but it happened because of, like, X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. So I think, like, to end it off, um, we should just, I think, talk about maybe consent check-ins, like, things to say. I guess, like, if you're doing, if you're not sure about consent or um, whatever, like, there's just, like, s- small steps you can take. Just look at, like, the person's body language, you yeah. know, Even ask yeah, yeah straight up ask are you comfortable with this are you happy with this yeah exactly is this okay like the most ideal and it might not be like the most um how do you say it you yeah. might not be what you want to hear in that particular time because that's i get it could sound weird but like i'm going to do this are you happy with that or like do you get what yeah. i mean like this is what's going to happen like be vocal yeah. Yeah, exactly, and say, like, would you want me to do anything different? Do you still yeah. feel good? And, and it's just... not even something as far as intercourse. It could be anything. Like, yeah, even for example, kiss. for me, I'm not a hugging person. I don't like yeah. when people hug me. So it just hi and wave up at someone to say hi rather than going yeah. in and assuming. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And saying no is okay as well. And yeah. Just because you agree to one sexual activity doesn't, doesn't mean like, mean, you're, not, yes. you're agreeing to oh another. God, yeah. Like, if you hug, that doesn't mean you agree to, like, getting kissed on the yeah, cheek. Yeah, you don't assume, like, how yeah. comfortable someone is. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so just make sure you kind of, like, ask. Seems so cool, yeah. Yeah, and 
if you don't know like there's loads of like websites like honestly there's so many websites now that you can check um with consent yeah Yeah. and like questions or just like workshops at your uni i'm sure there's workshops at your sixth form now yeah there's well-being officers you can speak to yeah could you hear my sister shouting the tiniest echo (laughs) sorry guys um (laughs) But yeah, I guess that's really it. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. And yeah. Video, this podcast, podcast this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and um, be back yeah. next week. Yeah, bye guys. Bye.